Hello and welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. I'm Jill and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Daniel. Hello, Jill, and hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. And today we are talking about a very deep subject that neither of us really understand and probably scientists don't really understand it either but it is there and it has been proven to be there and it is called the Maharishi effect right Dan? And it sometimes gets called the one percent effect as a like an abbreviation because the Maharishi effect probably puts some people off even if you just hear that phrase so it sounds yeah. a bit woo woo doesn't it? Yeah. Well, but it's, it's just the name of the, the person who brought it to the to the world really isn't it? Yeah. And as Einstein said, everything is energy. So this is a really energetic thing, which is one of those things that you can't wait or measure it, but it, they have tried. The scientists have tried, haven't they? And they, they've observed its effects, but they don't understand why it works, but it does work. Yeah, there's been numerous studies done on it. It goes under the category of social science because it has a social effect. All the studies that they've done have proven the same result, roughly the same right. result, but it's really hard to quantify what is actually happening there's theories and obviously the effects are real which we're going to talk about and all the all the studies and the tests produce the same result but yeah because it's it's energy and it's consciousness it's hard to weigh and measure that so that often gets kind of poo-pooed doesn't it and it gets swept under the rug and it takes years and years and years for these things to actually become mainstream mm. it's poo-pooed because it's classed as woo-woo and you know what? I'm I'm starting to take offence with the woo woo thing, because <laughs> the woo woo thing actually does make sense on an energetic level. When you talk about energetics, all of it makes sense, and everything is energy. So why does like this stuff get poo pooed? I think it's a combination of a lot of the terminology turns people away quite quick. Mm. Energy and consciousness and spirit. There's just something about it, isn't there? Like a stigma behind it. Yeah, and I think, like, yeah, yeah, and I think sorry, a lot of like the a lot of these things like meditation and um, things like Tai Chi and energy healing and crystals and stuff. It's so powerful in in its terms of um, healing that organizations and industries like the medical industry don't want people to know because they make so much money off their off their idea of of actual physical medicine and creating a creating a problem then selling you the solution. Mm-hmm. So they're often the ones who initiate the woo-woo and the, you know, that's just theory. This is hard evidence. Take this pill. Yeah. I think that's it gets called it like woo-woo stuff. But this was just medicine until yeah. Big Pharma got involved, right? That's exactly what it was, yeah. Things like uh, shamans, they would do energy work on you or they would give you plants mm-hmm. from the rainforest or Native Americans. They would um, have witch doctors and things like that. And that we would call that woo-woo now, but... Before, before Big Pharma. Yeah, that was, that just, was like how just, the world existed. That and was how just the, the doctor. <laughs> everybody came around, yeah, like witches and, yeah. you know, yeah, like you said, the shamans, witchcraft. It was just using plants to create an effect. Yeah, and the human race didn't go extinct, so they must have known <laughs> yeah. what they were talking about. <laughs> In fact, more people die now from prescription drugs, don't they, than they do from getting put right by them. Yeah, and we've spoke about before the Native Americans still to this day don't have a word for cancer in their vocabulary do they because mm. cancer wasn't a thing it's a it's almost a, like a man-made a man-made invention cancer because because the rates of cancer are going up all the time in the western world in these aboriginals native americans inuits they just lived according to how nature made us mm-hmm. and cancer was just wasn't a thing so they didn't have a word for it 
And the, their word for medicine and power is interchangeable. So if you take mm. medicine off somebody, you're taking power or you're giving them power, you're taking their power. Uh, I love hearing about the, like the etymology of words. I'm sure it's teacher and doctor are the same thing as well. They come from the same, what, I can't remember which one was first, but teacher and doctor is, that might come from Latin, it just means the same thing. Yeah, and school and hell mean the same thing in Hebrew. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> when I told my boys that, they were like, yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Isn't the word um, Isn't the word mortgage, it doesn't come from French for yeah. um, shackle, uh, shackled or something? Uh, it means it um, till death, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, contract it, yeah. until death mortgage mortgage <laughs> is contracted until death yeah yeah i love I, that's, that's actually one of my like weird fascinations when you hear the etymology of words and things yeah. like um things like history like his story or television like tell a vision uh, thing, yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that there's, there's loads of them and you just you just take them for for granted i like in like yeah. information it's information it's like, ah, there's, yeah. i love stuff like that yeah that's what we're talking about today but we could do a whole podcast just on that yeah yeah Anyway, anyway, we've deviated pretty quickly. Today. <laughs> we only made off five minutes. We haven't even told anyone what the Maharishi effect is. So, Dad, do you want to explain what the Maharishi effect actually is? Right, yeah. So the Maharishi effect, or the 1% effect, is a form of transcendental meditation, which sounds complicated, but transcendental meditation simply is a state of relaxed awareness. So you get the stereotypical image of someone meditating, and that's what it is. But instead of trying to clear all thoughts out of your mind, you just focus on one single thought, like the repetition of a mantra um, or a word or even just a sound. And you just try and repeat that over and over and over. And just by focusing on that one thing, you then eliminate 99.9% .9 of all other thoughts which distract you. So it's that form of like relaxed awareness. So that's transcendental meditation. So the Maharishi effect is a collective group of people doing this meditation at the same time, but it has a, like an effect on the outer population. So the, the theory is, which is kind of being proven, we're going to talk about some studies that if you get, this is what I've researched, it's the square root of 1% of the population for a city, for instance. Okay, so I even, I even got my calculator out and did some sums. Wow. So, so in imagine in the UK, there's 67 million people, like, mm -hmm. approximately. Yeah. So 1% uh, of that will be 670,000. Right. And the square root of that 1% is roughly about 800 people. Mm -hmm. So if you've got 800 people all together practicing transcendental meditation, that at will be the same the, time. At the same time, that will be uh, the square root of 1%. That could essentially have, it produces a harmonious influence, what is what they call it, on the whole population. So 800 people could affect the whole 67 million people. And they've done tests over and over and over again on things like crime rate and violent crimes. And the results are always a decrease in these things. And it doesn't matter what scale you do it on. <laughs> the result is always a decrease. And they've even tried to eliminate chance out of this thing because obviously skeptics would say, oh, that's just pure coincidence. But what they've, they've done a test, they did one in 1993 in Washington, D.C., where the police and medical services were forewarned that they were going to do transcendental meditation at a certain day, at a certain time. So you can take a chance out of it. Like, this is when it's going to happen. And um, there was a 23% reduction in violent crime when these people got together and did it. Wow. And it's been repeated over and over and over again. I mean, it's amazing. Let's just think yeah. about that. So a certain 1% uh, of the population just needs to 
been meditating at the it doesn't have to be at the same time it's not even that it's the square root of one percent so square root of one percent yeah yeah so not even not even one (laughs) percent it's just like to get your head around that is unreal and it's been proven Mm. again and again and again you can check it online or the studies are there and um like it's just mind-blowing that the people can affect the consciousness of the world by just meditating. Yeah, and that word consciousness always comes up because that's kind of what the, that's exactly what's involved. And you said there's been studies done. It's it's major organizations like Harvard University and stuff. Mm. It's not like some fluff um, organization. This is like serious yeah. social science. And that's what they say. It creates coherence in the collective consciousness because we've spoke about the word flow before. So when people get together, when people do this transcendental meditation, if you do it all together in like a collective group mm. and you create that group flow, it's particularly beneficial. It has a stronger effect and it creates that kind of coherence in a collective consciousness. So like it radiates out. I like to imagine it like when you drop a drop of water in a bucket of water and you see the ripples go out. And that's that's kind mm. of how I like to think it's, of it. It's just amazing because like we see at the minute, like there's some real conflict and things going on in the world. And as an individual, you think, well, there's not much I can do, you know, give things, give money, give things to people who are going, going out there. But actually, there is something really, really good that you can do. And this is like one of those things that you can do. And that's just like radiate love and peace into that area. I've got a study that was shown in the uh, 1980s during the peak of the Lebanon War. A thousand people gathered in uh, neighboring Jerusalem and meditated with the aim of peace in, in Lebanon. And scientists measured, so this was like a um, a scientific study that they did, and um, they called it tracking towards peace, the scientists, and they noticed that it, re- it reduced war deaths, it reduced injuries, and the number of bombs dropped were reduced in the area that they focused on in, for the meditation. And they put this through like loads of mathematical studies. Harvard University had it for two years and analyzed it, and then they came out with the same thing that less than 1% of the people needed to do this to make a change. A lot of the skeptics, they, they talk about the, the P factor, which is the probability that it's just, it's just chance. It's just coincidence. Yeah. But um, there's obviously some very complex equations done and algorithms. And they say that the, the chance of it just being a coincidence is so low. It makes it one of the most genuine tests ever done. <laughs> Because they're testing it so rigorously because they can't believe how it's happening. But it is happening. But why is it happening? I mean, I mean, we can't even begin to think about explaining it, Dan, can we? Oh no, well, it's it's just it's one of those things where it's like you just you take it upon like a leap of faith and and realize that, well, if it's working and it's having a beneficial effect and there's no there's no downside, like why wouldn't you do it? Yeah, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. And why is things like how easy would it be to implement? Imagine if you got, if you introduced this to primary school as soon as you started school, and every school in the country, I know, say at 12 o'clock every day mm. before the kids have the lunch, if they all just went into the assembly hall and just practiced their own form of transcendental meditation, you would have millions of children. Yeah. In, in the same place, well, not in the same place, in the, like in the same country, at the same time, practicing love and harmonious thoughts. What, what mm-hmm. downside could that possibly have? And all the, all the studies would show that you would have reduction in like illness, crime, violent crime. So <laughs> it just seems like... It's like a no-brainer, isn't yeah, it? Like yeah, we, exactly. we should be in charge of education for the nation. 
I've just written a few notes on here that individual consciousness affects the collective consciousness. Now, Carl Jung talks a lot about the collective consciousness, as does Graham Hancock. And it's there, isn't it? It's like we all have certain instincts and feelings, and that's our collective consciousness, isn't it? How do you describe it? That's where the archetypes live in the collective mm. consciousness. Um, they influence our lives every day. We channel down through the collective consciousness. Like a good example of the collective consciousness was like the lockdown thing. Can you remember when we first went or when we first didn't go into lockdown like two years ago now? And mm. I remember like loads of people going, oh, put us into lockdown, Prime Minister. And it was like the Prime Minister was not wanting really to do it at first can you remember and then yeah. loads of people started going oh and it was kind of like a wave of I could feel it like there was wave of collective consciousness it's weird it's weird to describe the collective consciousness but it's there I think it's like fashion and stuff like that it just comes in waves and then goes again and then comes back again do you do you feel the oh, collective absolutely consciousness? absolutely yeah I always when you think about the collective consciousness the analogy that always struck with me is everything and everyone in the world is the ocean and I'm a wave and you're a wave and that tree is a wave. Initially, you think all waves are separate, but then you realize they're just, they're just a part of the ocean. Yeah. You think that wave is separate to the next wave, but they're part of the same, the same thing. And it's, I don't yeah, know, that, that kind yeah. of st stuck with me. So, um, but yeah, when you get that collective did... consciousness and you get that flow and trends, it's because there's, there's, something, there's something else. It's not just you, people, especially in the Western civilization think they're individuals and then you get things like psychedelics and stuff and a lot of the the revelations people have like graham hancock he he did ayahuasca and you just realize that oh i'm just part of something bigger yeah it's just it blows my mind i can't even speak about it because i don't have the words to describe it mm. <laughs> but it's like how can and this has been measured and it's been measured on a both national and international levels that this can extend across borders of countries and just creating harmony throughout the world. How can that be? How can it be? <laughs> just thinking harmonious mm. and loving thoughts sends it out into the rest of the world. It's just like, what? You know, we were speaking at the like earlier on about Native Americans and shamans and, and witch doctors. Mm. If 5,000 years ago, you've just said there, how can that be? They would probably say, well, how could that not be? To them, it was just yeah. as normal as, as we would take medicine. It's like that thing that you were talking about um, ages ago, actually, where like, so pyramids came up in Egypt, but at the same time they came up in like... Oh, South America, yeah. South America. And it's like a, a wave of things happens over time in different parts of the world that aren't connected to each other, that have no communication between us, but the same thing happens. And... That, that's the collective consciousness, isn't it? Yeah, how, absolutely. How? How? <laughs> yeah, there was no iPhones 10,000 years ago for, yeah. <laughs> for someone to go on. Look at that building they've built in uh, in Egypt. I think we should make some of them in, <laughs> yeah. in Peru. I know. It's, um... it's freaky, isn't it? And like, how can we influence what's going on in a different country? Isn't that what, you know, like Tibet with the Dalai Lama, they're a very peaceful nation, aren't they? They don't have, a, don't have an army or anything. And uh they keep getting invaded by China, don't they? Which like is really yeah, bad. Yeah, because they're now like an independent state, aren't they? Officially, and the Dalai Lama had to, didn't have to flee to India. That way, he had he to run now. away, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, like you would think that they would be able to meditate enough to get rid of the Chinese people. Not not all the Chinese people. Not all of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like well, stop well, them. 
that's the, one of the things I was, which I found interesting with these, these studies. So like, for instance, there was one, a big one done in 1975 in America, a collective group of people practiced transcendental meditation and they found mm. there was a 16% reduction in crime. And that was across 12 cities all at the same time. Wow. I, I wonder how long it lasts though. So say, yeah. imagine the, the monks meditating for peace every day. Do they have to do it for 10 hours a day, every day? Like the, yeah. the, I wonder how long the, that must be very hard to judge. That. It's a bit like Star Wars, isn't it? You know, like and hold the force. <laughs> yeah. Like, like uh, when they stop holding the force, does then then everything go yeah, back to normal? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, obviously, there's probably going to be more studies done, but it's interesting when you said it's been proven on like a a national and international level as yeah. well. So while I had my calculator out, I did. Um, uh-huh. So. Speak I'm impressed with your statistical <laughs> knowledge today, Dan. I know, you're the former statistician. <laughs> I know, I've, I've blanked all that out of my life now. <laughs> yeah. So we said it's the square root of 1%. Yeah. So we spoke about for the UK, that would equate to roughly about 800 people. Yeah. So I did it for Durham as well. So the, mm-hmm. the approximate population of Durham is about 550,000. And the square root of that is roughly about 5,000. And then yeah. the 1% of that. Uh, the square root of one percent of that is about seventy-five people, so it's not even that many people. Wow! So if we could get seventy-five people together in Durham, like me and you, so then there would be seventy-three. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we would have to be. Pre- I think it comes in. You have to be like to get the like quite a high percentage of like reduction in crime and health and positive health. I think you have to be quite experienced in transcendental meditation. It has to be like a. You kind of just be anyone. This is your first time trying it. I imagine mm. it's like. So you've got Happy, to have a certain level yeah, of yeah. ability. Yeah. So say if you've been practicing for, for like quite a few years and you can get to that form of altered consciousness through meditation, that's probably going to have a more profound effect, I would imagine. And then when you add so all I've those people... I've got a breathwork session tonight in yeah, Langley Park. <laughs> so <laughs> we can do um, altered state of consciousness via the breathwork. So maybe we'll do it tonight in Langley Park and see if crime is reduced. Just, then I'm yeah, going to measure it, like. Just yeah, that's it. You say, but there has been studies done where they told like police and the emergency services prior to when they were doing it, and then they made a, then they would like judge the say if they did it on a Saturday, they would look at the previous three hundred Saturdays, or the yeah. previous three hundred weeks, and then on that day there was like a massive reduction. You're talking like I think the highest was twenty three percent, which is absolutely wow. huge. Really, it's amazing. Yeah. That's like like yeah. a quarter. So what we need to know then, Dan, what we need to know further is. Is it only while you're meditating and how long do the effects last for? That's yeah, that's the big question. We'll just have you got the phone number for the bloke who runs Harvard? We'll ask him. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> we'll ask him. <laughs> so uh but you know what? It's it's just unreal. And it's like I went down a bit of a rabbit hole with this, and now it's just saying I'm not even gonna talk about it really. Um, down in quantum theory, <laughs> and it's just like, oh my god, quantum theory is. I mean, the scientists don't even know how it works, really, but they know that it's there and that, you know, like the universe is just not the reality. The reality that we see is not the reality of what's going on. And Mm. it's just like this whole stuff. So this is where like the conscious collective comes into that's all the energy and it feeds it so all that stuff like around the universe has got your back and all of that kind of stuff it actually has because if you can tap into that quantum energy field then you can take downloads from that and download back up it's like it's like the national grid of the universe 
So you, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> so you, know, yeah. so you either remember... take in or you can put back into the national grid yeah. as well. Yeah. I remember when we did a, one of our quotes podcasts and I said a quote that you really liked where it was once you get into an altered state of consciousness and you really get clear, it's like downloading messages straight from the source. Yeah. So like just like, and you're just a, you're just a conduit. A conduit for it. Oh man, yeah, I love exactly. it. That's yeah, what no. I feel like doing when we're doing breath work. Like you get, to, and the more that you do, it's it's so true what you're saying about like transcendental meditation. Not that I practice that, but I think breath work is very similar to that in terms well, of yeah, like you're focusing yeah. on your one thing, you're focusing on your breath. That's all you're focusing on, and you can reach that altered state of consciousness. And the more you do it, the first few times I did, I was like, wow, well, this is now. <laughs> it definitely takes about? practice. It's like anything yeah. else. Yeah, I was like, I, I'm enjoying lying here, breathing, but nothing. Like, and then people were coming out with all this, like, whoa, I was away. And then I did it and I actually went off, like, in a proper altered state of consciousness. And, and like, some people are a bit scared when you talk about altered states of consciousness because they think it's like, you're going to take drugs or LSD, you're going to be tripping. And you're not going to come back to what you previously yeah, were. Yeah, but That's, it's not yeah. like that at all. It's like you go into an altered state of consciousness when you dream, when you drink alcohol, yeah, yeah, true. Um, you know, when you look at a beautiful view, when you look at your sleeping baby, you know, anything that gives you that nice feeling of like a rush of good hormones, really, if you look at it from a, a cellular level, it's just a, you're getting a good rush of the good hormones. And um, why did I start taking, saying this conversation? <laughs> Are you so, talking about breath work? So that's yeah, kind of so similar. altered state of consciousness is nothing to be scared of. So yeah, so when you can, so the more you practice, the better you get at it. Like you say, so like, so when I was went down to Brighton and I was breathing with a, a load of professional breathers, if you want to call them <laughs> that, like we're all professional breathers, right? But you know what I mean? They could just click and go straight into that state. You know, it still takes me a, a little while to get there, but like the more I do it, the, the less, it, the less time it's taken me. Yeah, it's just like any form of practice for anything. It's like riding a bike. The more you do it, you just you create that neural pathway, don't you? And yeah. the more ingrained that pathway comes, the quicker you can get into that state. But yeah. I found when I used to do the Tai Chi ruler, that mm. Paul teaches the Tai Chi, and you do it for 100 days in a row. And if you miss a day, you have to go back to the start. So inevitably, there's challenges come up and there's times where you think you don't have time or you really can't be bothered. Those are the ones that I would say count double. Yeah. Any breathing technique, because I often found that like you say, for the first 20 times I did it, I didn't feel any state of altered consciousness or I didn't feel any different. I just felt, mm. am I just doing this for the sake of doing it? Am I, am I doing it wrong? I was questioning myself. And then all it takes is one time for you to actually feel different. And you're like, ah, that's what it's about. And then it, yeah. it encourages you to do it more. And I found I th that yeah. the, the time, sorry, that the times that you, you can't be bothered to do it, and then you, you force yourself to do it. Those are often the times where you do get that transcendence mm. and you do feel different. That's what I found when you really can't be bothered and you force yourself to do it and you have the discipline. That's the time when you, you, you kind of have a little breakthrough. I've always found that. Yeah. And when I always think when you know that like breathwork or meditation or whatever is working is when you become almost obsessed with it. You want to do it every day like the Tai Chi, really, mm. but to do that, you have to build up the discipline, your discipline muscle to keep practicing it and to keep doing it. You can't just do it once and go, oh, well, I tried that. It's crap. <laughs> You've got to keep doing it yeah. and practicing it and practice it every day. For example, my business since the last four or five months, I've just supercharged it. And all I've done 
it's connected to my source a lot more and um, that has translated out into clarity and just like I still have like an afternoon nap <laughs> like people go how do you keep going but I'm like I still have a nap every afternoon it's just creating the space and the more space I create the more clarity I get mm, yeah and like that's we- what breathwork has given me this ability to create that space like you said now you're doing it all the time like with the tai chi ruler as well like 100 days is you think it doesn't sound like a lot but it is for like three and a bit months that is a lot of dedicated practice if it's mm-hmm. if it's 20 to 30 minutes a day that creates a profound effect yeah and and once you've done 100 days it's almost ingrained in you to keep doing it all the time but it's like you said yeah it's it's getting through those barriers because most of the time you're just building that that discipline muscle and you're not you're not even getting anywhere Mm-hmm. It's essentially, you might do a hundred days and only just start to feel the effects, but you've built the discipline to keep doing it. And that's, yeah. that's like the first major hurdle, isn't it? I think discipline is the major muscle that we need to work for oh, any, God. anything, yeah. anything. Yeah. 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 There's, there's, so, there's too many distractions. And then, which is, is an absolute, that is an excuse, but also people use it as a crutch just mm-hmm. because they're distracted all the time. If you're more disciplined, if you're watching three or four hours of Netflix every night <laughs> when you could be doing something else, like literally, what's the solution? Cancel your subscription, put the telly in the loft. Like there's a hundred things you can do if you actually are disciplined enough to do it. It's not hard. Yeah. You just have to want to do it, don't you? Oh, indeed. So yeah, we've kind of gone off course again from the Maharishi effect, but um, it is, it's about being disciplined, doing the, the work doing the work and tapping into the collective consciousness and the collective consciousness is there and the energy everything is energy as we've always said I think I've said it about three times this podcast because it is it is and the more that I work with energy the more I realize that and the more that I want everybody else to realize that too yeah that's the thing once you realize it, it does exist and how powerful it is and like even <laughs> yeah. doing breath work and having like a crazy bit of a trip that's like scratching the surface that's it Hello. Like there's, so, there's so many more different dimensions and states and you know i imagine feelings of bliss and downloads it's yeah it's all there yeah and that's where like, it's you can at. tap into it you can <laughs> tap into it but like we've been spoken about yeah. it takes discipline and the thing is like you know like back i say 100 years ago people used to go to church used to look after their spiritual health if you think yeah. about it we don't even think about our spiritual health and our spiritual body is as much important as our physical emotional mental we've got four bodies of wellness and you know the spiritual one i think it's the driver of all the other bodies i know paul talks about this and he put it really well you get people who are overweight it's because the feed in the physical body when it's really the spiritual body that's starving they're just feeding the wrong one do you know what i mean so if you if you fed the spiritual body instead then you would probably stop feeding yeah. the physical body once you realize what's going on at a deeper level. Love it, Dan. Love Interesting, it. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, well, we was just saying off air, you know, like I've been going through all my um, check manuals from what, five years ago now. And I still don't understand half of the stuff, but um, <laughs> yeah. it's just, <laughs> I, I do understand it more than what I did then if you know what I mean. Yeah. And it's like, how much more understanding am I going to get in the next five years? You know, you know what, Dan? I was just thinking this. Like, I'll never ever stop wanting to know about this kind of stuff. Yeah, that's that's when you know you found that your your true love and your true vision and, and your passion in life when you become obsessed and you can't imagine a time when you're not doing it. 
So, you know, you said about, about speaking about your manuals. I'll yeah. have to show you my manual I got. When Paul was in Oxford and I went down for that four-day seminar. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I might as well be in hieroglyphics because I don't know what. <laughs> that hell. was your first introduction. As well. That is talking about. <laughs> I could open it today to a page. I would, wouldn't even know what he's talking about. Like archetypes like the Imago deer and things like that. And I was just sat at the back of the room like, what have I let myself in for? <laughs> this is just some next <laughs> level stuff. Uh, and I've just got my manual here in front of us. I've just opened it randomly. And it's like, the answer to your dreams, prayers, thoughts is always yes. And then the creation equals plus particles. The, the zero, the soul is the antiparticles. <laughs> so you've got to have oh, yeah. a balance between the soul and the, cre the creation. He who thinks he can and can't are both right. Transformation occurs through awareness. It's just like every single thing that I read is just like, yeah. Pure spirit, Tai Chi becomes elemental energy. Yeah. Deep, isn't it? I remember when the teacher for HLC2, Joe Joanne Rushton. Oh, yeah. She was like, oh, Paul's cracked the code for love. And I was like, <laughs> well, where's this going to go? He's like, it's just, a, it's just an equation. So she wrote the word love on the board. And it was like, L is the positive charge. O is the negative charge. And VE is volt electron. Which you need you need any electron to connect the positive and the negative charge and i was just like what? You just you just you just cracked the cord to love all of a sudden <laughs> like what the hell what the hell yeah, yeah. but it's all there gang it's true mm. <laughs> you just yeah. gotta tap into the quantum energy field man and the, the only thing i missed out with the whole maharishi effect if anyone's still struggling to kind of comprehend um because it is like a if you've never heard of this type of thing, collective consciousness, you know, coherence, it can be a difficult thing to like imagine, but I like analogies in the one, which I think it came from Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, who brought this, who brought this to the world. His analogy was such a, cause it's only the square root of 1% of the population, yeah. which you need to do it. It's such a small amount of people who mm -hmm. need this to work. Just imagine a, a totally pitch black room, but there's a light bulb in the room. Mm. And just imagine how small the filament in that light bulb is. But as soon as you turn the light on, that tiny, tiny filament, which is almost inconsequential in terms of the scale of the room, it lights up the whole room. Mm. And it's just this tiny little thing. And that's like a candle. That's all it is. Yeah. That's all yeah. It is. And then oh. from that candle, you can light other candles and it doesn't depreciate the light in the yeah, original yeah, candle. Yeah. Yeah. That's what um, Martin Luther King said. I think this is a good place to end. Oh, there's a big barn owl just flown past. What's symbolic of that, Dan? Oh, I don't know. Middle of the day as well. Middle of the day. Anyway. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> sure someone will know the symbolism of that. We're we talking about the Maharishi <laughs> effect. Um, what was I going to tell you? Martin Luther King said, the only way to fight darkness is not with darkness, but with light. Hey, there you go. Good best to finish. Yeah. So um, thank you gang for listening um i hope you've enjoyed this podcast because um we certainly have and of course hey dan we're almost at a hundredth episode and we're nearly two years in yeah no we this will be episode 97 seven yeah a little yeah, bit. 96 97 96 97 yeah so god yeah coming up on a century i know who'd have thought that we would have enough crack <laughs> to carry on that's like i think the more 
the more you talk about stuff, the more you realize, oh, we can talk about this, we can talk about that, we can, like, God, the Maharishi effect. Most people probably never heard of it, and I've been obsessed with it for the last two days. <laughs> Before that, <laughs> yes. I've never, never even heard of Maharishi, Mahesh Yogi. Yeah, well, you know, I was really weird because, like, <clears throat> I think I got, like, um, I was getting signals from lots of different places. So, you know, I listened to Russell Brand, and he was mm. talking about it. And then randomly, one of my Czech friends, he sent something about it, and it was like, oh, maybe I'm getting signals here to that we need to tell the world about it, especially in light of all the conflict that's going on in the world, so that you can make a difference. Yeah, and I remember during the pandemic being part of some online forums and groups and stuff, and there was people, or some people to this day do it. They do um, collective yes, meditation. So mm-hmm. they say, we'll do it at whatever, 3 p.m. on the 3rd of the 3rd, and, mm-hmm. and and people meditate, whatever form of meditation works for them, and they do a, a collective meditation. And it would be interesting if there was any studies done to, to show whether, like, I don't know, health rates... Um, increased or infections dropped or something I don't know but I imagine it would have yeah I do um, I've just got another little quote for you that's just popped into my head with you talking about the ripple effect it was is it from Rumi um, you think you're a drop in the ocean but you're the ocean in a drop yeah that's deep that one isn't it Rumi's a was a very deep character yeah I love that because that is exactly what it is you think you're the drop in the ocean but you are the ocean in a drop yeah, it's that people like we think we're separate from everything, but we're not. We're just, we're just we are every connected. yeah we are everything yeah connected. And anything you can do to try to 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 gain that connection to re and realize it, we are part of everything. Like the more the better, and that's why it's brilliant that breathing uh, breath work is coming more into the fore these days. And hopefully meditation comes back. And because like you say, the the far reaching benefits are just never ending. And we we need so much help. It seems these days, don't we? Oh, we do. We do. Yes. So on that note, we'll, we'll finish again. We just finished before, but then we, we revved back up again. So <laughs> thank you for listening, everyone. We've got new content coming out every Monday. And um, if there's anything you'd like us to talk about, but indeed, if you find anything that we have talked about interesting, then do feedback to us. We love hearing your comments. And yeah, you can get us on. Where can we get us on now, Dan? We're all over the place. Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, my website, organicpilates.co.uk, and yeah, just everywhere. Yep, wherever you are, remember to hit that subscribe button. New content every Monday. Yeah, we'll finish there. And remember, we only need 75 people, collective mm. transcendental meditation, and we'll, the crime rates in Durham will drop. <laughs> <It's> proven. <laughs> <laughs> Deep breath, guys. Thanks for listening.